Thanks for tuning in to Big Money in the 805. I'm Michael Anderson, and today we have Ventura County Supervisor Steve Bennett on the program. We've got a great show for you today, and as always, we hope to make the next 30 minutes a very good investment of your time. Today's show is brought to you by GEICO Local Office, car and homeowner's insurance for the 805. You could save up to 15%. Call Craig Mock of GEICO Local Office, 805-487-7847. Michael Anderson, Chief Investment Officer at Maranatha Financial. Due to industry regulations, he will not discuss any of Maranatha's investments on this program. All opinions expressed by participants on this program are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Maranatha Financial or its affiliates. For more information, visit Maranatha.com. It's time for Big Money in the 805 with your host, Michael Anderson, bringing you a feature interview, a local nonprofit spotlight, and some financial wisdom. Get local and relevant information for the 805. For show notes and more information, go to Maranatha.com. And now, here's your host, Michael Anderson. We've got a great show for you today, but before we get into that, we first have to talk about the event that's taking place on March 21st, the Speaker Series, 4 to 6 p.m. at the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club. So there's our five events. The hosted speakers will be talking about digital marketing and media. Now, this is something that every business needs to be more aware of with their brand, their image, and their presence digitally online. So having a speaker series that we've organized to try and do this. Uh, the first event, March 21st, we have Lane Stanland and our very own Tom Spence. Very excited to have you there. Uh, Lane is just fantastic at this, though. She'll be talking about being findable on Google local search engine optimization, big words there, Google's local search, and also how to work smart just to get the important things that Google wants to see and find to get you findable when people are searching. So it doesn't cost any money to get there with Google. She's going to talk about that, the directories, the reviews. If you're a business, you really want to be aware of this stuff. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And Lane is... uh She's authentic from the ground up. I know people she's worked for, and she didn't know I knew them, and they had huge success with her. She's definitely spot on with uh, what's happening. And the big question I asked her, and it goes back to when we were at the harbor, the first series that we did, I said, we have all of this, now what? She's great at answering the now what question for Which a is really the magic. That's the whole thing. That's the whole got point. got all this going on. What do we do with it? Yeah. And she's the one that's going to get people to you, whether it, it's on any level of social exactly. media, your website, that's what she has mastered. Is there a there there? Yeah. That's and if we, not, that's, run away from it and she'll tell you. And we also have, uh, you're going to be there, uh, Tom Spence here from the KVTA Morning Show. Now, you and Rich Galano, and, and really you give a lot of credit to Rich Galano. He's done amazing stuff. But the two of you have put together this Facebook page with over 88,000 followers. You've done some great stuff. So you're going to be sharing some inside tips as far as what you've learned in building up that page and how every business should be building their own digital presence on their pages that are going to be relevant to their business. So to get your tickets, you can go on Facebook. Inside the 805, a search for that. The event is also on Eventbrite. Uh, you just put in digital marketing and media or speaker series in Ventura. It'll pop right up. We'll be right back with our feature interview. Today we have Steve Bennett. He serves on the Ventura County Board of Supervisors. He has led successful efforts to recruit more foster parents, limit the influence of money in politics, and bring fiscal discipline to Ventura County finances. 
Before being elected to the Board of Supervisors in 2000, Steve was a teacher and a high school administrator for 20 years at Nordoff High School in Ojai. He graduated in 1972 from Brown University and got his master's in education in 1977 from Butler University. Steve, thank you for being on the program today. You're welcome, Mike. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and the community. Well, let's start with this. You were an educator before getting into politics. How is education and being a, a county supervisor, how is that similar or different? What can you share with us? Two similarities and one difference. And the two similarities, when you think about it, what you're doing in the classroom is you're trying to prepare youth for the future. And uh, when you try to do good government, you're trying to prepare your community for the future challenges that your community has. And uh, I think that's one big similarity. And the other one is it's, you're in the people business. I mean, when you're in education, you, you need to care about your students. You need to care about how well they're learning, what their learning styles are, et cetera. When you're in the role of local government, you're trying to care about all the people in your community. So very people-oriented, both of them are. I think the one difference is a very significant difference that I noticed is that when you're in the classroom, there's only one thing on your mind for that whole hour trying to get that lesson taught to those 30 or 35 students that you have in front of you. So it's a very focused, intense thing. Uh, when you're doing the county supervisor work, it's, it's so, it's constant interruptions. It's constant this, that, the next thing. So you have so much more coming at you during the day in terms of variety. And in, in many ways, I sort of miss that discipline focus of no interruptions, the bell rang, we're on this, and we're going to be on this for the next 53 minutes, you know. Uh, right, so right. Those are th three observations. Yeah, you can you can track it a little better. There's not as many fires maybe in education <laughs> as, as it could be uh, county supervisor. Hey, let's go into this. I know you've done a lot of work to be an advocate for foster children in Ventura County. My younger brother and sister were actually in the foster care program, so I'm familiar with it firsthand. What improvements have we seen in foster care here in Ventura County, and what are we trying to do better? In the 10 years before um, I came into office, we actually had seen a, a dramatic drop in the number of foster homes in Ventura County because essentially the county, due to budget crisis, had cut the recruiting budget for the foster care program. To take care of the current children, they didn't have any resources left for anybody to be available to recruit new foster families. That's all been dramatically changed now. We've improved our budget situation, and consequently, we can have we have people dedicated simply to the recruitment of new foster families. And so a big change has been more effort to recruit foster families. And then the second big change is the state has really mandated a, a, a completely new approach to foster care, which really emphasizes getting children out of institutions and into homes. And so now, much more, we're recruiting foster parents who are going to try to parent the whole family, not just that child. They're going to take care of that child, but they're going to stand alongside of the biological parents as those biological parents try to get themselves back into a situation where they can, again, take care of their children. Because in the long run, all of the research indicates that the child's best off if they can be reunified with their biological parents, except in some rare situations. But you've got to get that biological parent there, and we need foster parents that can help with both the child and the parent. It's the most rewarding, by the way, also, when you see that happening. People are really feeling great satisfaction when they can 
ultimately connect the two and, and have the parent become a better parent. Yeah. My older brother ended up being the uh, foster parent for my younger brother and my younger sister and ended up being in many ways a good thing. And he got a lot of help from the county in doing that. And I so have some friends that are foster parents. I encourage everybody to consider that if you can and being involved. I think it's a very good thing. But we're talking with uh, Steve Bennett, Ventura County Board of Supervisors. Steve, let's talk about the Thomas fire, such a huge thing here. What did we learn from how this fire impacted West Ventura County? We learned that we have uh, some really incredible professionals that, uh, you know, have gotten local resources ready to respond. The fire people, the watershed protection district people, the public health people, the, the experts, the professionals that have coordinated city and county government reactions. That's, that's one thing we learned. I think we also learned the value of being prepared. Those people that were prepared uh, certainly do better in, in, in these disasters. And I think another another big one that's really hitting people is just the power of, of being adaptable uh, and, and how important it is. I mean, things changed on the night of the fire multiple times. Sometimes it was better to, to be there. Sometimes it was better to not be there. Every situation, you know, you, you have to adjust. It reminds me a little bit of, you know, what they tell soldiers when they're in combat. Because it certainly felt like combat on the hill there for a while. And that is, you know, you have a plan, but then you've got to constantly adjust. And the same thing, uh, this is the recovery from the fire, we oftentimes say is a marathon, not a sprint. And if you're in a long marathon, you've got to adapt to how are things, to how are things unfolding and stuff. So I think those are, those are certainly three of the, of the lessons. And Yeah, so yeah. I know there's a lot of stories, uh, how the community came together just to lean in and support each other. What are some observations from the community response to the Thomas Fire that you saw that you can share? One is that I think we all now have a much greater appreciation for our neighbors, for the people that we share, Ventura, Ventura County, Ventura City, your hillside, your street, uh, that we share that, that with. And uh, it is not surprising, but it, it's still you have to be reminded just how generous everybody can be in terms of stepping forward when people are in need. Our neighborhoods, our communities that have been burned out, I predict will be permanently changed in terms of a greater sense of community existing. So on the hillsides of, of Ventura, up in Upper Ojai and Ojai, and, and on these streets where uh, you've had significant damage, those neighbors are better linked as a community. Uh, and that's going to be a permanent change. And so I, I see all kinds of things happening that are not directly related to the fire, but they're improvements that are happening because people are working together. So getting out of our silos, getting away from our computer screens and engaging our neighbors and, and really working with each other to solve our problems has, has been my biggest observation. Yeah, I would, I would agree. That's been very moving to see that we've come together from that and that we'll continue to do that. That is kind of, I guess, a silver lining, if you want to call it that. But let's change topics here for a moment. And I want to talk to you about a local and a national issue that's going on, immigration. So in California and also in Ventura County, it's a very big topic right now. And we have a, a large amount of immigrants here in Ventura County. What are the important notes about immigration that we need to be aware of here in Ventura County? Well, if I had to pick the most important thing to highlight, is, and that is that the immigrant community in Ventura County is an essential part of the economic vitality of Ventura County. 
you look at the, our our agriculture, you know, significantly right. depends upon immigrant community. If we want to keep Ventura County to like the county that uh, we most of us are voting to keep when we vote for the SOAR initiatives and we want to keep agriculture uh, uh, profitable here in Ventura County, we have to recognize that immigrants are playing a tremendous role in terms of economic vitality. But I would offer they're doing a, a second thing that's really important. By having a strong and vibrant immigrant community here, it gives us the diversity both in terms of cultural diversity and and income level diversity, that keeps us a more keeps us from being a stereotypical high income, you know, area that that lacks that connection with uh, the broad population. And I think it's a valuable contribution to have vibrant cultural immigrant communities uh, that are strong here in Ventura County. And so those those are two things: economic wise it makes sense for us but in terms of our emotional strength our 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 resiliency the immigrant community is very valuable also now let's pivot to water and i know water has been a big deal for you in your career and you recently had a symposium it was uh, about a year ago on the topic of desalinization uh there's a video on your website Uh, what did we learn from this event when you had it and you had a number of people talking about the idea of desalinization here in Ventura County? Well, the big things that we learned are we have the most variable water supply situation in the world. And I want to repeat that, the most variable water supply situation in the world. Nobody else has such flashiness to our water supply where we have a tremendous amount of rain and then we have no rain for years and years and years. Um, And that variability uh, means we need redundancy, and by redundancy we mean means we need multiple sources. So when one source is not working, the other source can be uh, can supply us. And desalinization. What's great about desalinization is it becomes a source that does not have that variability component to it. And so you don't have to have desalinization for all of your water supply, but it can play an invaluable role in bridging when one or one water supply is down. Uh, so and you've always got that desal. And so if you have the most variable water supply in the world, it just makes common sense to also build just about the most reliable water supply, which is desalinization. It will cost more, but it's very clear the evidence is it's not that much more. Um, relative to the benefits that you get of the increased uh, reliability uh, that you have. And the one thing maybe to also ask about that, because I was at the meeting too, and and cost was an issue, and I think the other issue was regulatory trying to get it built, that it's a lot harder now, and and some people might have even thought insurmountable. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. The technology is not insurmountable. But in terms of the being able to do it, the technology is there. I think the regulators are being uh, extremely conservative about putting in the intake uh, uh, systems out to, to draw in the water. And I, I thought it was very revealing, uh, you were at the, at the uh, symposium, when the expert testified that the drawing in of the water would be at a level... Uh, no greater than what the normal flow of the current is down the coast. 
So it's not some great sucking sound that's, you know, trapping, you know, big fish, you know, up against the screen that they can't get away from. Um, and there, but there will be some impact on the small micro is, microorganisms that are there. And when I say small, relative to the large area, but there will be some impact. But I think you have to trade, have to look at the trade-offs relative to the benefits. And I think overall, you have to say that the benefits of a desal plant will outweigh uh, those environmental impacts. So yeah. I think it's doable. I think there's going to be a change in the regulatory climate down the road. I just can't imagine that as the water crisis gets worse and worse in Southern California, uh, that you're not going to find the state legislature uh, working with the regulators to say we've got to make it easier to locate desalinization plants. They have to be environmentally sensitive. We certainly can can take care of the climate change issues with those things. We've got to make sure that we're using renewable fuels as much as possible, et cetera. We can be environmentally sensitive, but it, 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 it's ultimately going to have to happen. Yeah, yeah. So let's, and you also talked about the State Water Project, and I know a lot of people are talking about the State Water Project now, this idea of connecting uh, Casitas, Ventura, United to Cayegas. And uh, mm-hmm. is that a solution that could also help the water portfolio? Absolutely. They, they, I, I believe we need both for the redundancy side of it. Uh, back 20 years ago, people wanted to say we wanted to do state water for, for rely, as a reliable supply. I don't think that we can sit here in western Ventura County, count on the state water project as a reliable water supply for a variety of reasons. But the biggest one being is we're going into the sixth year of the drought here. Uh, we very possibly may be in a permanently changed climate uh, climatic environment here as a result of climate change going on. You can't rely on that, but you do need it as a redundancy supply. And so I think we should connect to state water and build a desal plant. That's the way to get the redundancy that we need in the system since we have the most variable water supply in the world. And you have both of those symposiums for the State Water Project and the desalinization events. Those are on your website at Ventura.org. And I thought they were wonderful events. And you did a very fair job of moderating those just to try and learn more from the people that are involved. And I I like what you're saying about redundancy. I think it's a very strong point. So also this idea of groundwater management. So that's being talked about a lot. It's an issue for some people, and some might not even know really what that is. Uh, can you explain what's happening with groundwater management? Over 30 years ago, the state of California noticed that we were having saltwater intrusion coming into the Oxnard Plain, and that would be one of the biggest disasters that could happen to Ventura County, to pollute the tremendous freshwater aquifer that we have underneath the Oxnard Plain. And so the state uh, created an, assist, an, an organization called the Fox Canyon Groundwater Management Agency. They were charged with the task of stopping that saltwater intrusion. Um, and they worked at it. They, did, they had some early success at slowing things down, um, but then sort of stalled in terms of making any real progress on m- managing the withdrawal of groundwater. So right now today, we're taking more water out of the Fox Canyon Aquifer underneath the Oxnard Plain um, then is being recharged. And two years ago, the state passed a law that applies to all groundwater basins that are considered at risk. And this is when, and here in Ventura County, the Fox Canyon Basin is at risk. 
all of the basins that are at risk have to come up with a groundwater sustainability plan. And basically, you have to identify what your safe yield is, how much is being recharged each year, and limit your withdrawals to a safe yield that is essentially tied to how much does that basin recharge. And so we're now putting that plan together, the Fox Canyon Groundwater Management Agency. I sit on that representing the county of Ventura. And we're putting that plan together, and and, uh, we're targeting to have that plan ready in the fall. Now, what people have to recognize is the ramp down from what is being pumped to what is sustainable is going to be a slow ramp down that will take place over 20 years. So we're still going to be at risk during this 20-year period while we're ramping down. But at least we have, uh, we'll have an official game plan to get down to the sustainable yield of the basin um, within 20 years. I think that's well said, and we'll like to keep our eye on that and maybe uh, learn more as you guys form that plan. You know, all the things you've been talking about in terms of water, desal, state water, uh, and groundwater sustainability, all of this means that one thing we have to be ready for, water is going to cost more right, in Ventura right. County. Yep. And, and, and But when you think about the small price you're going to pay in terms of higher water bills, relative to how important water is to the economic vitality of Ventura County. Tourists will not come here if we don't have a good water supply. Agriculture will not be profitable if we don't have uh, water. Uh, Across the board, we have to make sure that we're conserving our water as, as efficiently as possible, but that we're also making sure that our water systems are tied together in a way that we're taking care of the economic vitality of this very special region. Yeah. I would hate to have us have spent all this time doing, you know, soar and coming up with this very special place and then blow it on this very important component. You, you touch on a, such an important point, and I think we all recognize it, but it's a health and safety issue uh, when it gets down to this dire position that we're all concerned about. Um, and so it's something, it's good to keep our eyes closely on it and be diligently working on it. So it's, it's very, very good. But uh, we're talking with Steve Bennett, Ventura County Supervisor. We're running short on time, so we'll finish with this question. What are some of the highlights you can share about being supervisor here in Ventura County? It's a wonderful place to be a locally elected representative. People genuinely care. They might not always agree. A highlight is just to be able to, to serve those people, and I really mean that and not in a trite way. And we're talking with Steve Bennett, Ventura County Supervisor. He's our feature interview for today. Thank you for being on the program. To learn more about Supervisor Steve Bennett, you can go to Ventura.org. You can also look online, fostervckids.org, if you want to learn more about being a foster parent. And you can also call them at 805-654-3220. Steve, thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Take care. What's in the news? This segment is brought to you by FamilyMoneyClass.com, a perfect tool for you and your grandkids to learn about money. Normally $97 for a limited time, $48. Use coupon code KVTA, all lowercase, KVTA. Go to FamilyMoneyClass.com. What's in the news this week? We have Tim Gallagher, former editor of the Ventura County Star. He's our news correspondent. Tim, what's going on this week in the news? Well, you know, Mike, I think when you and I were in high school, if we if we cut out of class, we would get in trouble. But the uh, the big right. news this week was that there were thousands of kids who left class on Wednesday to draw attention to their feelings that 
the situation can't go on any longer with in regarding the violence in schools. And rather than get in trouble, m- many of their walkouts were, in fact, encouraged and, and uh, helped by their school administrations who saw this as a chance to give these kids a lesson in civics and how you get involved in government and how you get involved in making your democracy work for you. So rather than this being uh, a, you know, a point where there was a lot of conflict and confrontation, uh, the kids got a valuable civics lesson out of it. And uh, we'll see what happens, whether it has any effect on on major gun laws in the country. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, certainly the big point is safety on campuses. It's a very, very interesting week. I think it's, you know, important for us to uh, think about kids in school. And I know some people have opinions about it, that they shouldn't be cutting out of school. But, you know, the truth is when you go to school, you sometimes learn lessons that are a lot more important than what's in the textbooks. And these kids certainly learned some important lessons this week about how you participate in your democracy. So, uh Good for them, and let's, you know, it was over in a day, nothing terribly disruptive about it. Our schools handled it very well, and uh, let's just see what happens if these children, these young kids, start uh, continuing participating in their government. Well, I really appreciate the note, Tim, and that's what's in the news. You can learn more about Tim Gallagher and the 2020 Network at uh, his website, which is the2020network.com. Tim, thanks so much. Okay, Mike, talk to you next week. Now it's time for the Nonprofit Spotlight with your host, Michael Anderson, on Big Money in the 805. Nonprofit Spotlight. Each week we highlight a local nonprofit doing good work in our community. Today's Nonprofit Spotlight is brought to you by Era Energy, powered by safety, innovation, and community. We help keep California moving forward. Today we have Steve Dahl in the studio. He's with Downtown Ventura Lions Club, which is a service organization. Steve, thanks for being here. You bet. Thanks for having us. Well, first off, let's just talk about the Lions Club in Ventura. Uh, many people don't know about the Lions Club. Uh, what is the Lions Club? Well, the Lions Club started in Ventura in 1923 and uh, a service organization. I think the basis really was to do things to help people throughout the community. And it's an international organization, so internationally as well. Really, one of the things they've tried to help with over the years is vision. And so it put a lot of time, effort, and money into that. Uh, one of the new things I heard that they're adopting this year is diabetes. So I think that'll be good to go after the community. Those are national programs that you guys are doing. I happen to know you guys meet Thursdays from noon to 1.30 at the Derby Club in downtown Ventura. We meet the first three Thursdays. The first three Thursdays yep. um, of the month. Yep. The first Thursday is a, a board meeting in the evening. And tell us about the projects you do locally. What are some of the projects you do locally? And I know you mentioned vision and diabetes as bigger national and world global programs, but locally, tell us yeah, about those. Yeah, it's all kinds of things. When you see the flags up at the pier and along the boardwalk, that's the Lions Club does that. All-Star football, the high school teams when they play, we put that on. We've been putting it on for years. We put on a, a golf tournament. Uh, we have a peace poster contest for kids. have a spaghetti dinner. We have Thanksgiving baskets that we make up and give to the needy. Youth activities, I'm on that. And we choose people in the community that need some help specifically for the youth of the community. The Lions Club as well is not uh, only in Ventura. Tell us about the, the, there are other Lions Clubs in the county and in the country. How many Lions Clubs are there? Boy, I don't know the answer to that one. It's international and there is an international meeting every year. I think this year is Las Vegas. There is a Lions Club in Camarillo, and one recently started this last year in Oxnard. How can the community get involved to support what you guys are doing? 
Uh, well, you could check out our website. Just Google Ventura Downtown Lions. One of the exciting things we do is we have a cottage home, which is donated by one of our members in the 60s. And it's one of the only places where kids can live together when they get out like a foster home. Instead of splitting up families, they can actually stay together. And we've helped probably 200 kids over those years. Our guest today is with the Ventura Downtown Lions Club, Steve Dahl. Thank you for being here. You can learn more online. You can go to VenturaLions.org. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Mike. Well, that does it for our show today. Thanks for tuning in to Big Money in the 805. A special thanks to Greg Mock from Geico Local Office and the team at Light Gabler Law. If you have questions about the show or questions about your financial matters, you can always contact me directly online at marinantha.com, M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com, or leave a message on my answering service, 805-665-3767. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and join us again next time. Hi, this is Michael Anderson, Certified Financial Planner. I've dedicated the past 12 years to researching different investment ideas. There are no guarantees when investing, but with a little help, you can find the right approach. I have built AllocationLink.com specifically for you. AllocationLink.com is investment management made simple, smart, and low cost. AllocationLink.com can have your account set up in less than 10 minutes. Please visit AllocationLink.com to learn more. Or you can leave me a message at 805-665-3767. Do you ever question if your investments are right for you? Do you own any annuities, retirement accounts, or have other money you want help with? Have you ever wondered what your advisor is making or how they get paid? Get a free second opinion. Talk with Michael Anderson, Certified Financial Planner. Call his answering service today, 805-665-3767. Leave a message and get a call back immediately, 805-665-3767.